now number one for podcasting. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, as we talk with you for the next couple of hours. A couple of those hours, we're going to give you another opportunity, as we will all week long on this show, on all the shows, throughout multiple hours, on iHeart programming, iHeart radio stations all across the country, an opportunity for you uh, to win $1,000 uh, to help you through these times, help you pay your bills or wherever you could use it. We'll do that coming up here, oh, 20 minutes or thereabouts. And then again, we'll do it in the 11 o'clock hour. BMW Des Moines guest list today. John Walters, voice of Iowa State, doing such a uh, yeoman's job over there as far as providing content to the Cyclone Television Network, which I'm sure is getting a lot of cardinal and gold-wearing Cyclone fans through these times as they replay some of the uh, some of uh, the library of games that uh, that they have uh, up in Ames. So John Walters is going to join us on that. Maybe we'll pick his brain on to you know what he's hearing or what he expects. I'm sure. He's hearing the same thing we're hearing. We don't know, right. basically, at this point. So, John Walters, uh, bottom of the hour. Scott Dockerman on Iowa at 11. We'll get into a lot of topics, including we've got to bring up Akram Wadley. That's a bad look. You're going to have to help look. me out. I just saw a tweet about it. So, what's the story well, the behind story that? started to percolate on Twitter last night. I guess uh, Akram Wadley um, took a bunch of Hawkeye fans' money in advance. A lot of them prior to Christmas they wanted to get dad assigned helmet okay. or junior assigned football or something with and and nobody got what they were promised or what they paid for and you know apparently last night after seeing all the social media it finally moved him because apparently he's been blocking everybody mm-hmm. that reaches out and says you know what are you going to do here you owe me this so he blocks him and blocks him on Instagram and then uh, he came out last night. I'm sure it was just a coincidence uh, <laughs> that he chose to tweet last night. As soon as the coronavirus moves past, well, um, prior to Christmas, we didn't know about the coronavirus right. yet. So, and anyways, but look, and I hope it all ends well. But that's a bad look uh, out of him. We will get um, you know more than that, obviously, with Scott Dockerman uh, as we do a dive on the Hawkeyes at 11:30, and then our 10 at uh, 11 o'clock, and then at 11:30 or thereabouts. Uh, we talked a little bit about the 96-97 Iowa State men's mm-hmm. basketball team. We are going to put them in the spotlight. You had played Twitter tag? Yes. Is that what it was? Yeah. Little email, a little Twitter. Email tag? Yeah, yep. With Paul Shirley. And uh, late one afternoon, you're still here. Good out of you for being here. Uh, and you caught up with Paul Shirley, and you did a lengthy piece by the sounds of things. Yeah, almost a half-hour uh, conversation with Paul Shirley that I did. It was a Thursday or Friday of last week. They all kind of run together, but... Really fun to talk with him, A, about what he's doing now. He's a writer. He just, you know what his degree was from Iowa State? I have no idea. Mechanical engineering. Was it really? Yet he got that blog at ESPN.com. It blew up. And he, still, he doesn't have it anymore, right? Right, yeah. He lost that. It didn't end well. It did not. You're, you're correct. But that blew up. Do you remember what it precipitated? The- it was a comment that he made. It had something political. There were political overtones in it, and ESPN decided. Yeah. We're going to walk away from this one. And Paul Shirley was never an employee. He was a 
He was a 1099er. Like you and I. Yeah, he was an independent contractor, and yeah. the way that that's set up, they just walked away and said his views do not coincide with the views of ESPN. <laughs> well, and- the craziest ESPN story regarding contractor, pl- I don't think anybody at ESPN knew Scott Sipker was doing what he was doing. Do you remember when those videos showed up? Oh, the Iowa Nice Guy ones? <laughs> Iowa Nice. And, and College Football Live played them. Yes. Seemingly every week. Throughout the season. And yeah. Now, that's, now, you know, that's a better one for Sipker, but that's the story I was told. Right. They had no idea what this guy was doing this, and how did we get him, and who is he? And uh, it's a crazy story. But, yeah, so, Shirley, um, you, we will hear from uh, with your work with uh, with Paul Shirley coming up about 1130. Of course, Restaurant Radio tomorrow. We're going to expand a little bit this week. Look, we've got nothing but segments, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a blood shortage. I'm going to reach out to the, uh, what is it, Life? Life serve, life serve, mm-hmm. and they're in East Village, right behind the Budweiser bar. Right, there used to be a restaurant with a checkered floor breakfast place in one of the buildings right across the street. Just would have been East, and it's gone now. It was a great breakfast place, but on Sunday morning we would park in the what is it again? Life what? Life, life serve, serve, yes, uh, parking lot. And um, but any uh, anyways, uh, back on track. We're going to reach out to them. Uh, one of our listeners, and this guy's listened to. Sports talk since essentially since it's been on the air. Philip is his name, and you've probably heard of him. He's blind. Yes, yeah. And uh, Philip reached out to me via email over the weekend, and um, you know asked for some airtime just to because the handicapped people are. Oh, that's a really good point. It's one thing for, yeah, yeah, I mean, their world has changed as well. Mm -hmm. So Philip wants to come on, and I'm all for it. No, no doubt. Talked Uh, to this guy for 24 years, met him um, late 90s. It's uh, yeah, something that I hadn't th- thought a whole lot about. I, though I no longer do the work that I've done in the past, working with special needs children and, and some young adults, I still get emails because I'm still part of the program if I'd ever pick up a client or something like that. And they're in desperate, desperate need too. Now you're having one-on-one contact with mm-hmm. these people, but the people so that aren't able to make it. So what can we help them with? Uh, it's a good question. It's just my, my wheels are kind of turning myself. So I'm going to reach out to a couple of people and, and find, and that's something else. You're looking for a way to make ends meet and you want to do something that can help out the community in a big way too. That is something. There are endless different programs that are out there working with different people that have different disabilities and with it. Yeah, that's uh, something that Reach I got to work out, yes, and, and find some different places because it's great work. I, I did it for a number of years. Mm-hmm. I started in college, love working with the community, and, and just the give back that you get, it's unbelievable. It really is. So, yeah, that's a good idea and something that we can find people and maybe help people out where, yeah, you're looking to make some money. You're trying to get some cash in any way to do it. These are the communities that certainly need your support, need your help, and you can help out by doing that. I think it's great. Let's give them some air time if, uh, if we can help them in any way. Um, as you know, Trent, because we spoke about this, uh, our main focus, our main fundraising support effort this year was postponed for a year. Yeah. And it was, it's, it was such a great cause. And when we heard about it a couple of years ago, uh, the Iowa Mission of Mercy is what it's called. Uh, and these are a group of dentists throughout the state of Iowa that come together one weekend out of the year uh, at various parts, the, the last year it was, I think it was in Cedar Rapids, but re- it's always, it's been in Sioux City, it's been, it's been all over the state. Well, it was going to be in Des Moines in November. And what this is, is literally hundreds of dentists move their dental office. Think about that. Their chairs, everything for the weekend into a big event center. This year it was going to be, uh, at the state, uh, at, at the fairgrounds and one of the big buildings there. 
and they offer free dental care. I mean, think, can you imagine not having a toothache and not having the money to get it fixed? Because it's expensive. You don't have it dental is. insurance. Those bills, they pile up in a big, big way. And this was for families, children. Anybody. Think of that. Haven't had their teeth checked and right. haven't had that ability. This was free of charge. The yes. dentist lend their time, lend their services. Hundreds of them from all across the state, Trent. They come together. It uh-huh. happens across the state. It was Sioux City last year. Was it Sioux City last year? Okay. It was, what, Dubuque, I think, the year before that? It was, maybe it was East Davenport or Dubuque. Maybe, One of the yeah. Ds, but over on the River Community, and it was going to be here in Des Moines mm-hmm. this fall. November. But that, uh, of course, it has postponed. been pushed back, and it'll be 2021. Right. That's but happening we were going to the help place. them. You know they do a, they do some small fundraisers throughout the year, and because it costs a lot of money to move yes. dentist's office, right? right? And the dentists provide the service for free. They show up and they they you know they give their time. And um, man, we were going to pack the place, and we will, but sadly it won't be 2021. Mm-hmm. So where I'm starting to go here is all those commercials that Trent and I had earmarked for the fall. All of a sudden they're available to us. So this what we're doing here in. Late March into April, it's going to carry on. I mean, because as we've heard from the government, there can be various stages of maybe support that they give. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I see that the uh, the support checks are going to be either deposited directly in your account or you'll get a check here within the next three weeks, which is $1,200. That's nice. For, per person. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it won't come to me because the very first thing out of the... And it shouldn't. And I'm not, this is not a complaint. I want to be very clear. I'm not American. I don't qualify. Oh, really? For Americans earning 1200 for Americans earning this, you'll get $1,200. So that's one of those times he said, you know, I should have done that dual citizenship. Yeah, you know what? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly could have used it like everybody can, but yeah, uh, to, yeah to the best of my knowledge. Um, but that's not, that's a here or there. Right. So when they get to these, we're going to have stages throughout the years as the country overcomes this. And by the way, Johnson & Johnson, maybe? This is according to the day show. Today show. This isn't you know some off the wall blog. Johnson and Johnson. One. This is their Twitter. Johnson and Johnson. One of several companies that developed a potential corona vaccine, uh, coronavirus vaccine. Alex Gorsky was on the show today. His quote is: "We have a vaccine vaccine candidate that has a high degree of probability of being successful against COVID nineteen. Uh, they will be. There's going to begin testing now with the hopes." That in early 2021, January 2021, it's going to be available to the public. Wow. So as we've said over this time, what allows me to put my head on my pillow and actually close my eyes and get some sleep mm-hmm. is I believe the brightest minds in the entire world are all coming together with one cause. We're trying to, somebody is trying to find this virus and I have to believe that someone will. And Johnson and Johnson has found something to maybe fight it. Uh, so we'll pay attention to that. But again, uh, if you've got any ideas, how how can Trent and I help? We're doing mm-hmm. the restaurant thing. We're going to reach out to the blood folks this week. Uh, Trent, you just hit something on the head there as far as you know the, the handicapped community. If we're missing something, email me, KenMillerShow at gmail.com. Uh, we've got nothing but airtime, folks. We'll yep. two hours a day and very little to fill it with. In fact, Trent, I don't know how we're going to talk about this, but... <laughs> I, I was so desperate this weekend. Yes, yeah. So desperate. I binge watched 
All seven Tiger Kings. You did? I did. Oh, see, so you got the Netflix. Did you watch it up in the bedroom? No, it was on our TV downstairs, unbeknownst yeah. to me. When I guess one of the uh, one of the kids was home, uh-huh. and uh, they were down in the basement, they hooked up Netflix to the TV downstairs. Perfect. I oh, watch every that. day that I didn't even know I had it. So anyway. So this is good going forward yes. as we're looking for more and more content Absolutely. to fill these two hours. Have you seen it? I have seen the first five episodes. I have two remaining. Watched uh, episode and a half last night as I was folding laundry yeah. after everybody in the house had gone to bed. It is the wildest story. I, I know a lot of people have watched it. If you have not, it's unthinkable. It's, it's crazy, Trent. The cliffhangers, the changes, the way the narrative store changes throughout, it's completely, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And and then sometimes you throw around the word unbelievable too often. And the characters. Oh, man. Joe Exotic, that dude. I think well, I know my Halloween costume for this yeah, year. Yeah, you know what? I think a lot of people are going to be <laughs> yes. dressed as Joe Exotic. Uh, but, uh, I mean, Twitter was just, it just blew up with the show last. Who, um, I wonder who, who put it together. The guy that, 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 that was actually filming what he thought would going to be a reality mm-hmm. show, it burned. You know, it was arson yeah. on all of the video that he... So I wonder who put that together. Well, it felt like... Because you saw at the beginning, the guy that's making the documentary is just probably just that, a documentarian. And, all right, this is a compelling story. He's going to do oh that. Oh, my God. But the extra feeds that you get and from... I mean, this guy has been taped for years, and just everything, every movement that he has, it goes so many different directions. You have somebody that is an animal rights activist that has tigers that are, quote-unquote, saved on her property. Her husband goes... She's got some skeletons. (laughs) Yeah, she does. Her husband goes missing. (laughs) Right. Right at the five-year mark that uh, you can consider somebody that has been considered missing, dead. Yeah, she yeah. does that a day later. Well, she waited a day. Yeah, she I was going to say. So she's not cold-hearted. She Give, did She did yeah. wait a day. Give her the benefit of the doubt right. on that one. Now, right. it very well could have been the paperwork took a day to get done. <laughs> Regardless of that, she's a well Or was the Sunday was the five-day and the government office was closed, so she went on Monday? I mean, that could have been the case. The, the guy from South Carolina that also has one of these zoos, Oh, yeah. What do they call him? Is the Doc? Yeah, the yeah, Doc. The yeah. Doc, yeah. With the he's, long hair? He's got a wild first name and just... Live, What's a made-up first name? Living quite the life out there. He's, he's got, got three or four wives. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and a gal in Ames. Yes. A gal who lives in Ames is part of this show. Yeah, grew up in Ames and moved out there. And to, is back there now. Back there now. Because they show, they show, well, they showed her house, I'm assuming yeah. the same. But yeah, she's from Ames. Just the, the layer upon oh. layer upon layer. So you binge watch that. Been, how about the guy that sold him the ammunition at Walmart and the next week he's his campaign manager? <laughs> he ran, he for, ran for And for president before that. He got 19% of the vote in no, Oklahoma. No, did he really? 19%. What does that say about Oklahoma? I didn't see that part. Yes. I must have. Well, I, talk, I, I, I sent a message to my dad. I said, did you vote for this guy? My dad said no, but knowing my dad, seems yeah, like his kind of guy. <laughs> what a crazy, <laughs> There's a vote crazy for Joe show. Exotic. My dad lives right on the Oklahoma-Arkansas border on the Oklahoma side, and I'm going to guess he did vote for Joe mm. Exotic. And he, How about him changing his name? Did you realize yes. his actual name now? Or his first two husbands, his those last names Maldonado, the yeah. one that killed himself, mm-hmm. and the other guy that ran away, and he's got his teeth fixed. Did you hear that? No, I didn't know that. I haven't seen a picture, but his teeth are fixed. He's got meth mouth. Yeah, and was down bad. With three teeth maybe left in there as you're going through the document. Yeah, one right in the middle, and then you can find one over by the. Uh... See, I didn't know meth did that. I got yeah, that. yeah, it's bad. It's a bad, bad scene and. He's apparently got him fixed, though. I saw an article this weekend. It, it seems like now my whole feed, when I go through Facebook, and of course they 
know what you're searching or you're getting on Google and all of a sudden all these Tiger wow. Tiger King uh, stories are popping up, including that one that his teeth are fixed. He's looking good. It's, it was crazy, Trent. I'm, uh, I mean, I couldn't turn it off. Right. I, I really it couldn't. It sucks you in. It does. Now, it's really slow. The first episode's really slow. And then the only reason I stuck with it is because so many people have said, you know, that it's going to take a while to get going. And it really never gets going. It's just, it's the most, I don't even know the word. Bizarre. Yes, it's absolutely nuts. And I watched it till the end and then... You know, I'm kind of disappointed I don't have a couple more episodes tonight. <laughs> well, now we got to go through the Netflix series, and we got to find some stuff. There's that... got to be some sports on Netflix, yes. right? Oh, there's tons of, well, mostly... Not old games. I can't do old games. Mostly document- okay. documentaries, though. So I think we can find some stuff, certainly, to fill things out. I'm excited now. Well, you got ne- Netflix in the basement. So let's find something for next weekend so yeah. we can at least kill the first segment of the week by, by right. talking about a sport because, man, oh, man. Look, when when the word came out yesterday afternoon that some guy, Darren Rovell, who, I mean, a lot of us follow on Twitter. He's a weird dude in his own right. But yes, you know is. what? Uh, um, he's got a lot of followers, and he provides a good service, I think. Um, when he tweeted out that some guys, as he said, shot his shot, actually tweeted at Phil Mickelson and Tiger Woods with the idea that, you know, why don't you two guys play golf, one cameraman, deserted golf course, because we're dying for sports right now. And Sure. And I don't know how many hours later, but Phil Mickelson actually tweeted back to this guy working on it. Love it. How good would that be? Whether it's pay-per-view, whether it's on, I kind of think... Nah, that's not going to be online or a pay-per-view. I would, I mean, CBS. Yes. I mean, they got no masters. They've got all that airtime. I'm guessing it's already been tied up. And, and I Phil Mickelson if... would be great. And Tiger, if you wanted to be, could be great well, at Well, do you remember on that Thanksgiving when yes. they, if it was in Las Vegas, right? Yep. And Mickelson won. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this at the beginning of Tiger's comeback? It seems like it was three years ago. Three, Is that four, what it was? Three, yeah. four years ago. But Trent, we would, I mean, the numbers that that would do oh. would be through the roof. And you can certainly still go through social distancing. You're all good there. Well, they said there's going to be very few. They said one cameraman, but you can't do it with one. Right, you need yeah. one on every hole. Mm-hmm. You know, you put a couple of dudes in the tower, or put one guy and put Joe Buck in one tower, and or, or Jim Nance in one tower, whatever, and somebody in the other. Just give us something, man. I mean, thank the thankfully the NFL has been good. Um, they're going through with the draft. I saw that came out. Maybe that was late last week, but that'll at least be something. Um, man, oh man. We're just dying, but that was good news, and maybe maybe some sports coming to our TV if Phil Mickelson wasn't, you know, telling a little fib. Guidelines have ex- been expended till uh, extended till April thirtieth for yeah, the social so I, distancing. I watched the press conference yesterday. <laughs> Excuse me. So uh, what was that? No, no. You all right. Got something in my throat. No, I'm I'm good there. But with that, when you look forward, you you last week were very down that we're going to see any fashion of the NBA and NHL. Well, I think there's more chance that the NBA plays as opposed to the NHL just because it's so hard to get, you know, good ice mm-hmm. in July and August. We talked about the or, or June NBA possibly just putting everything, putting a tournament in Vegas and playing. Well, did you hear some of the venues? other stories that they, that they may find a an outpost in the Midwest? Oh, really? And just because we're lighter here? Yeah, just just because of that and. The Nap Center. <laughs> there you go. Don't need a big building, I wouldn't think. I mean, Valley High School. Valley High School. I mean, who knows where it's going to be? But they're talking about that. I think the NBA is putting a lot of stuff out on the on the table. They want to get back to work. It's they, money. It's it's big money. And billionaires don't want to give up their money. Millionaires right. don't want to give up their money, or at least get 
some portion of it back. Mm-hmm. And, Look, hundred airs don't want you and I are in that boat. Over under regular season Major League Baseball games this year. How many regular season Major League Baseball games will we see? Eighty one. That's exactly what I was. That's where I would have put it at. I think a hundred is. It's a lot. That's the top end. Yeah. I mean, that is late May. They're back. They go through a two week spring training. Oh, I see. Back. Yeah, not playing late right. May, but back late and May. Middle yeah. June. Yeah. You start games, and at that point, so you're talking July, August, September, three months, twenty five games. There, you're probably. Well, maybe they're you're doing double. Nine. They want to talk their double headers right. and. But I think a hundred's the most. That's all. Well, yeah. That, that's the top end. Seems like it. Play into November. The lowest end you can have is. You can't have a season of, can you, 30 games? No. No. And and an expanded well, playoffs. How did Baltimore lose to begin the 81? Was it 81? Oh, and 21? It was, it was in the 20s for sure. I thought, I it, it, was I thought it passed 21. 1988? No. Was it 88? I think it was. The, the reason I remember that vividly is because I would go out, my great-grandma lived right next to me, Grandma Bell, mm-hmm. and I would go and get her mail every day for her during school. I'd stop by and uh, pick it up, but she got the Des Moines Register. So every day I would open the sports section, and every single day on the front page, mm-hmm. it'd be just a mini article, but yeah. it'd be another article a talking about, yes, talking tracker. about that going on. And I want to say it was 1988. Yeah, you could be right. You could be right. For some reason, I thought it was earlier than that, but um, no... Because Billy and Cal were both on that team, I think, and I think the uh, old man Ripken. 1988, 21 straight. Look at that memory. Was the old man, was the uh, Ripken senior, the the, the skipper? Yes, and uh, after he was fired, Frank Robinson took over for him. Hall of Famer. Yes. Uh, Started April 4th, 1988. Kurt Schilling on that team. Was made his major really? league debut Jeez. in September of '88. They finished the year 54 and 107. Mm. So yeah, 30 is not enough. But um, yeah, 30 is not enough. But if you extend the playoffs, let basically everybody in 24 teams in something like that. Well, that's what the other. That's what the winter sports are thinking. They're yeah. they're thinking of doing a tournament type of thing. Uh, we'll see. Speaking of winter sports, Chad Leistakow's got an article at the Des Moines Register. Good for Chad. Makes you think. Um, not good for Chad for doing his job, but good for him because it's one of those articles that actually makes you take a side or or think about it. And, uh, you know, just regarding eligibility, uh, I, I don't think that – and it's going to be decided early this week as mm-hmm. to, you know, what the uh, powers that be are going to determine whether they extend eligibility for the spring sports, which I can clearly see. It's the winter sports that, you know, it's – I mean, what, teams like Iowa State, that weren't going to qualify for any postseason. You know, should their seniors get an opportunity to come back? Their season was over. But if does, does it is it all predicated on who was going to make the tournament? Well, did we even know that the NCAA selection committee went through with that process? They did not. They did. I've heard right? Jamie Pollard talk about it as he's part of the committee this year. Right. That's where he was. That's why he was in New York, and mm-hmm. for the first time realized just uh, what this pandemic actually meant, and you know that jolted him a little bit. So I don't know. I, I can certainly I have. I, I I would be surprised if the spring sports don't get the green light. I would equally be as surprised if the winter sports got another year. The financials are what continue to be an issue for me. Right. Well, Chad, just let me throw Chad's uh, scenario out there. He thinks that if uh, I'll use Ryan Creener and Michael Jacobson, okay. right? If they come back because they want to play and they want to finish their career, um, 
which again, Jacobson's was done. Mm -hmm. But if they want to finish their career, they would walk on for the final semester. All right. So you don't get to go to school on a scholarship. You get to walk on. Now, most of you have already graduated. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you walk on, what does that mean? You're not going to pay for a class, or do you have to go through? Those I think minutes? you have to probably you be probably have to go through that enrolled in a class. Right, I would you're guess. not going to go. Right, it, it'll be ping pong, whatever, <laughs> whatever it right. is. Yeah, it's some what and interscholastic studies. You're not, you're not paying for full tuition because full tuition in state students is ninety two hundred dollars uh, per year. Out of state is thirty one thousand. That's another component. You're walking on. You're an out of state student for Creener Jacobson. Mm-hmm. It's fine for those guys. But for an out-of-state, now you're paying out-of-state tuition on right. top of it. And I guess that it's, numbers. It's, it's, it's actually taking money out of one pocket and putting it in the other if you're the a- academic institution. But everybody's – their dynamics are changing too, let's face it. They're not getting the same check from the no NCAA because way. of the cancellation of the NCAA basketball tournament. You have that component there. And it's also fine for Iowa and Iowa State. They can handle, even if they would have to pay for a scholarship, for guys. But you and I doesn't. Right. You and I doesn't have that kind of money. That's a good point. And every mid-major and low-major across the country, you're adding two, three, four scholarships. Or though There's so many different layers to it. I just find it unlikely. Spring yeah. sports, if you're going to do it. Greenlight it. Baseball, I think, is a little over 11 scholarships as they're divided up. 11.3, I want to say. Right. Again, same kind of thing. Well, now you're talking about these mid-majors. Now you have 15 scholarships. Well, how many of those mid-majors can fill 15 scholarships for a sport that does not produce revenue? They cost the university, the mm-hmm. athletic department, money. So you're going to get into that. Maybe it's going to great create an even bigger gap between the haves and the haves nots, at least for the season, next season in college sports, if you do that too. So many tentacles mm-hmm. to this story that uh, we just don't know how it's going to turn out. I mean, State Fair popped into my head this oh, week. Oh, yeah. What's yeah. going to happen in the first or was it the second week uh, of August? We know what's going to happen right now when KXNO and iHeart are going to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword... Home. Today's the 30th, right? Yep. Home to 200, 200 right now for your chance to win $1,000. That's home to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Uh, John Walters, the voice of Iowa State, will join us. What's he doing at Cyclones.tv? Uh, we'll uh, get into your Paul Shirley piece. 25 minutes you spoke with Shirley? 25 minutes. It was a wide-ranging conversation coming your way today here at 1130. That's that's terrific. Uh, yeah, I look forward to hearing that. I look forward to hearing John Walters next. Scott Dockerman, top of the hour. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.0. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. And welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. We take you until noon. Scott Dockerman at the top of the hour, at the bottom of the next hour. Paul Shirley, a piece that Trent taped oh late last week as we when we're doing our teams over the years. Some of the better teams, the 96-97 Iowa State men's basketball team is in the spotlight. Was last week, but Paul Shirley had to postpone, but we got him. And you'll hear that coming up at about 11.30. Let's talk to the voice of Iowa State's John Walters, John Trent and Ken. How are you hanging in there, John? 
I'm doing pretty well, guys. How are you? Doing well. You know, it should be this about this time. Most years, you and a group would be head down to Kansas City to see opening day for the Royals at the K. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice, yeah, huh? Yeah, had it, had it planned out for uh, May. We, we we scrapped opening day a few years back because it just was too much of an amateur day. So yeah. We just picked a, you know, an afternoon game in April or May uh, where you could pretty much get your choice of seats. And <laughs> yeah, We've been doing that for years, and it uh, doesn't look like it's going to happen this year, perhaps. Yeah, sadly, you might be right. I remember the couple of years that I did it with you. We stopped. We went to the game, and then on the way home, I don't know if it was out of town. Remember, we stopped at a pizza hut somewhere to eat before we got back in the car. Chuck Reed going through the parking lot as he was uh, trying to scalp hot dogs and hamburgers and buns and condiments. God, it was fun to watch. Anyways, John, those were it the days. It doesn't get any better than that. No, nah, it really know. doesn't. Hey, you're doing a great job. Uh, we'll get into the you know the what you may or may not know or what you think might happen um, in a few minutes. But I, I want to talk about what you're doing at Cyclones.com, uh, the TV schedule, uh, Cyclones.tv. Man, you've got a, you've got an expansive library over there, and what a better time to show them, right? It's not like anything else, sadly, is going to take that programming. Uh, it's been a, uh, I'm assuming, a pretty big undertaking. And how's it going so far, John? Oh, it's it's super easy. You know, it's, it's something I've actually thought about doing for years. Just kind of open it up to the fans. I mean, the summer months are typically our slower months where we're re- replaying classic games and documentaries and stuff like that. We don't have a lot of live events in the summer, and obviously we're not going to have live events going forward uh, with uh, Big 12 now. We will not have live games. So, um, you know, the the summer started a little earlier than we would have liked, um, but I got the idea basically when, you know, Brent Bloom put out a tweet saying, here's some games I want to watch during the break here, and he listed about seven or eight games. I thought, well, gosh, we've got all those. <laughs> so I just responded and said, hey, we'll we'll make it Brent Bloom Day on April 6th, and so uh, that's his day, and then we kind of just open it up to fans from there and said, give us your suggestions on what game you'd like to see. And, you know, just trying to put a smile on people's faces, uh, give them something to look forward to in this tough time. And, uh, you know, it's not hard to do at all. All I do is, is schedule the game at the time that is the next open slot, send them a, a tweet back, say, hey, you're scheduled for this time, and hopefully give that fan some, a reason to smile and uh, something to look forward to, and maybe a little sense of ownership for that game. So, um, it just kind of happened organically, but man, people really responded to it. So we're booked all the way through April with basically fan requests for games. So many great games, so many great memories that come out here. John, was there a game that jogged your memory, one that you hadn't thought about a long time, a game that maybe turned out to be even better than you remember as you've gone back and watched a bunch of these games? You know, uh, one we discovered here, most of these games we had um, for quite some time, Chris Andringa. Um, it, it, it has recorded a million games through the years, and so thankful for him because really the library we have is in large part because of his uh, willingness through all those years to record games on VHS tapes and DVDs so that we have a library to work with. But one that we kind of ran across uh, that, that our friends at B&G Video had um, was the 1986 game against Michigan State, 85-86 men's basketball season. Scott Skiles coming into Hilton Coliseum, mm. and it was just a great game. Elmer Robinson got the uh, reverse layup to win it in the closing seconds, and I, I remember being at that game, covering it for Channel Eight, and it just it was a great, great game. Tremendous atmosphere. I always I always enjoyed Judd Heathcote. One of my uh, mm. one of my favorite lines was when Judd Heathcote retired, and he said, uh, "It's going to give me an opportunity to work on my book." And a reporter said. 
Oh, Judd, you're writing a book? He said, no, I'm reading one. <laughs> and uh, so, anyway, the, uh, really enjoyed good. him, enjoyed his teams, and Skyle slapping the floor and all that stuff. So that's a great, great game that we dug up and we've been able to show uh, on multiple occasions, and we'll show it again. Uh, but that's one that really kind of jumped out as, man, I'm really glad we found that one and are able to show it again. What's the? Is there a game, John, that, you know, the, the, the dating the furthest back that, wow, I can't believe that we've got this one from fill in the blank. Is there one that, you know, 60s, yeah. 70s, probably 70s, 60s would be a stretch or maybe not? Well, you know, Tom Crochelle does a great job with their documentaries, and he's dug up stuff of the Dirty 30, and he goes back in the WOI archives and finds all kinds of old stuff. Now, we don't have games, you know, the actual game broadcasts of those events, but we're able to show stuff even going back to, to that era um, as far as documentaries. And then we have the, the football highlight tapes. These are some real classics on Cyclones.tv. They used to do, uh, the, the university and WOI would work in conjunction on a, a half-hour video highlight tape of each season. And for the most part, it was Frank Snyder uh, voicing them, and did a tremendous job with them. And then for a few years there, they had John Facenda do the, the Wow. If you can believe cool. that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are just incredible, and they're so much fun to watch, and they're really well done. And so we show those quite a bit and when we get a half hour here a half hour there and sometimes we'll just show them all back to back but those start with johnny majors they don't have every year but we have some during the majors era and then into the earl bruce years so some really great years to see some of that old footage of iowa state football and so it's just football we just have it for that sport but uh yeah we we can dig out and find some of those and as far as a game broadcast the earliest one we have is the 1977 renewal of the iowa state iowa mm. series uh, and that that's the that's the oldest one we have the 78 uh, Hall of Fame Bowl, uh, Texas A&M and Iowa State. So we do have some older ones, 80, 81, somewhere in that that range. But most of them are starting mid 80s and, and forward. You know, as you talk back at that era, Earl Bruce had things revved up in a big time way. They won eight games back to back seasons before he departed. Is there is there a time? I'm sure this is the time is now to think back if. He would have stayed on if he wouldn't have left and if he wouldn't have uh, gone on to Ohio State. What could have been for Iowa State football? Oh, no question. I think a lot of fans do think that way, you know, and Mm -hmm. three straight eight win seasons for old Bruce, you know, and um, and then he went on to the Ohio State job. But, um, you know, I think Jamie Pollard kind of feels like with Matt Campbell, Iowa State's right at that same spot right now. Um, so doing everything in his power to keep Matt Campbell on board and keep the football program moving forward and feeling uh, fully supported by the university. And obviously, uh, you know, everything changes in the entire sports landscape, the world landscape for that matter, in the last few weeks. But uh, Jamie's commitment is unwavering uh, to Matt Campbell in that program. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of Cyclone fans relate what's going on right now to what happened with Earl Bruce during that magical time in the 70s. John, uh, speaking of, uh, of of Coach Campbell, and, and I saw a tweet, and I guess I am not as well-versed on it as I should be, but apparently there's going to be a, a way to video, uh, through via video, to connect with uh, the team and the players uh, during the, during this time, and you get a couple hours a week to do so. Do you, do you know what I'm referring to, John? I saw it, I, I saw it came out earlier today or yesterday. Yeah, I, I, I vaguely do, because it just came out, I think it was yesterday, it was uh, Bob Bowlesby in the Big 12, kind of laying down some guidelines on what they would allow from teams to do uh, individually as far as, you know, the amount of time of your student-athletes that you can take during this time for virtual connection. Um, so it, it's 
they're, they're sorting through all that. I don't know all the details, but yeah, that's the way the teams are going to have to communicate with each other through Zoom and WebEx or whatever else, uh, you know, for the next few weeks, months, who knows how long, but I think it's important to sustain that relationship and those communication lines with your players, and so maybe that's a good way that they can accomplish that. But one thing about Matt, you know, and, and I talked about this today in a podcast with Eric Heft that we put out, and Eric made this point as well, is that, you know, when Matt gets dealt with some adversity that you wouldn't expect, he's very, very good at handling it, figuring it out. Okay, here's what's in front of me. I've got to find a way to march forward. And so uh, I think he's a great guy to kind of navigate through these choppy waters right now and, and find a direction when it's really a challenge to do that. Got to be a big impact. We're talking with John Walters, Iowa State voice here on Miller & Condon. This team not getting the full complement of spring practices as it leads into the summer. And let's be hopeful here and be optimistic that we are going to have normalcy. We are going to have a 12-game college football schedule coming up when we get to uh, September and, and through the season. With that being said, for, for Iowa State, what they're going through right now, the pieces that they have to rebuild, how long do you think it's going to take for them to get rev back up, to get at the highest level and be ready to go come September do they need an extra couple of weeks of practice? Is that too much? How do you think it will play out if we do get to that point? Yeah, great, great question. And there's so many unanswered questions that we just don't know the answers to right now. I'd, that'd be that'd be a great one to ask Matt. Just how long does it take to get a team in the kind of condition that they need to be in? And you know, the, there's the gap between spring practice and then summer conditioning is a very big deal. And then you get into the the fall practices, and so. You know, it all kind of goes hand in hand. I think the big thing from an Iowa State perspective is, you know, they have a very veteran team right now, and they did not have a big coaching shakeup. Yes, they have a new strength coach. Uh, yes, they brought on uh, Coach McCall. So they, they do have a couple of changes within their staff, um, but not an overhaul like some schools are going through. And I think of like Baylor right now, I think they have just two coaches returning from Matt Rule's staff. And imagine the, the craziness mm, of trying to yeah. – you know, coordinate all that with a new staff. I mean, it just would be chaotic as can be. So I think Iowa State's at a little bit of an advantage having, you know, if every, everybody's in the same boat, nobody can have spring football. Well, I, I don't think it'll hurt Iowa State as much as it might hurt some other schools in the conference. That being said, uh, you know, the offensive line is a work in progress, and that's an area that really did need spring ball to be able to kind of sort some of those things out. So that's one area that you're most concerned about from an Iowa State perspective. But if you look at linebacker safety, um, you know, uh, defensive line, um, tight, tight ends, a really good veteran group returning there. Brock Purdy, a veteran quarterback, Reese Hall with experience. I think Iowa State can overcome some of those things. You'd love to have spring practice. You would love to have it. But um, you know, nobody's going to be able to do it, and so everybody's kind of in the same boat. We're all scrambling to figure out where you go from there. But I don't know when the calendar flips how how long exactly it would take to get a football team in the kind of condition that they feel it's safe, and I think that'll be the number one priority. You, you've got to take the player safety into account. So it's not just, hey, uh, we're good to go. we got the green light. Let's roll the ball out in, in three days. I mean, th- there's got to be a little bit of a time period in there where, you, you take some time to, to get your team in the kind of condition they need to be in to play in the season. Hmm. Of course, John, also being floated out there is the games will go on, but they'll go on in front of no one in, in, in the stands. Can you imagine, I mean, calling a game? What what, yeah. what would that atmosphere or lack of atmosphere be like, All uh, you know, the 12-game schedule? Yeah, I, 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 you know, maybe the Boys State Basketball Tournament was our best example. Yeah. 
you know, what that might feel like. Or, you know, we thought when we were down at the Big 12 tournament, there was, there was you know, some speculation that maybe fans wouldn't be in allowed for the game that night that Iowa State played against Oklahoma State. So it came pretty doggone close to experiencing that firsthand. But I, football in an empty stadium, you know, um, now I've been to a zillion practices in those conditions, scrimmages, you know, where there's nobody in there. But uh, to actually have a game in there under those conditions would be really unique and different. Um I don't know what the perfect solution is, and I hope we don't have to, to find out. I hope that, you know, by that time, uh, our lives are back in enough order and there's enough uh, lack of concern at that point about um, things re- rebooting, if you will, and uh, that it's safe to, to play the games. I sure hope that's the case, but obviously people that know a lot more about this than myself will be making those decisions, and they're going to be making them strictly on medical reasons and nothing else. Uh, did you see the theory, the, the, um, I guess the idea that was floated? I think it was John Orand at Sports Business Daily actually published it. Moving up the college football season to late July, August, and September. You know, try to take advantage of the warm weather because maybe, just maybe, we're not sure, uh, that the, that the virus isn't as severe during the warm, uh, during the warm months. We don't know if that's a fact or not, but that was thrown out there. That would be different too. And I think it was shot down. Uh, but still, I mean, so people are talking about this, John. I guess you now everything's on the table at this point. That's the way I look at it. Ken, you took the words right out of my mouth. I think everything has to be on the table. And, um, you know, again, other people will be making those very important decisions, but um, y- you probably do have to look at every possibility. One thing we know, no matter what happens, this could be an absolute mad scramble to try to get uh, everything back in order and ready for this. It's not going to be typical. It's going to be very hard. It's going to be very chaotic. And there, there's going to be a lot of work involved from a lot of people. Um, but, you know, one thing that, that makes me feel very confident from an Iowa State perspective again is Jamie Pollard's direction and his senior staff and the ability of them to kind of navigate through choppy waters. They've done it on multiple occasions. Now, nobody's ever faced a challenge quite like this. This one's completely unique and off to a completely different scale than anything we've seen. But I, I just feel good about the people in charge of trying to find their way through it. I don't think it's going to be easy for anybody. I certainly don't think it's going to be easy for Iowa State, but I think they've got some very good people in place to try to determine the best way to go about it. John, looking forward on the basketball side of things, season concludes in Kansas City uh, before everything was shut down. But when you look at the roster, a lot of spots now available with the turnover that has happened inside of that roster. I don't know how much you've had a chance to talk with Steve Prome, but boy, it's got to be difficult. I know there are a ton of guys out there on the transfer market, but... It's not like you can bring them on campus. They're not going to be able to see the way you know things that are done. Just adds a little bit more, another layer of uncertainty for Iowa State and the basketball team and trying to get more guys onto the roster. Yeah, no question. And, and just what we just talked about, the advantages from an Iowa State football perspective of having all those veteran guys returning, you know, feels like it might give you a little bit of an edge. You know, it's kind of the flip here in basketball and not anybody's fault. I mean, nobody saw this coming. Nobody could have possibly... Um, you know, predicted what's going on right now. Um, but you think about when all this has started to happen, the spring sports and, you know, how, how tough it is uh, for those athletes that were gearing up for their spring sports seasons and to not be able to compete or get into their season a little bit and then not be able to conclude it and compete for a championship. Uh, that's just, that's heartbreaking for those kids that have gone through that. Um, but really, this affects every single sport all the way, whether your season's in, in play or not. Right. 
Um, you know, Iowa State season was complete, uh, but but it affects recruiting. It affects every single part of your program, summer workouts, camps. There's so many layers to it that you just all of a sudden kind of have to reinvent yourself on all these different things. And obviously, uh, this is stuff that's minor compared to the much major, much more major issues that are going on societally right now. But um, but within the windows of that you know building where you're working and trying to put together the best basketball team you can, it, it presents some enormous challenges. I imagine that Coach Brom is looking very hard at the graduate transfer market right now and seeing if there's a guy or two that can contribute immediately to help him next season. And I think that's got to be a huge priority for Iowa State right now. John Walters, the voice of Iowa State, Cyclones.tv, that's uh, doing yeoman's work over there, John, going back in the library and providing some content uh, on Cyclones.tv. Thank you, John. Appreciate you coming on, as always. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, good to talk to you. John Walters on Iowa State. Take a time out. You can catch Cyclones TV, Mediacom. You can find it there. Speaking of Mediacom, we're going to be possibly doing something pretty fun coming up uh, Wednesday of this week. We're going to be putting together an NFL draft of our own with the Well, I think the there. people have spoken. Yes, yes. They want to, well, they want you to get your Broncos pick, so you're going to get the odd numbers. So we're actually going to do the... Yes, We're yes. going to draft the first round? We're going to draft the first round. We're going to do it over Skype. We will, of course, continue our social distancing, and we will do it that way, but we're going to set it up that way. We'll see how it goes. Pat Hurley over at Mediacom, he says, we'll see. We'll see what it looks like, but mm-hmm. they'll be working on some graphics, some highlights. It should be a fun time, and we'll go through the first round of the NFL draft just trying to find a way to talk sports. Can we play it here? Oh, it's a good idea. I like how you're thinking. <laughs> we got a lot of segments. <laughs> yes, we do. We're going to devote a whole bunch of them to restaurant radio this week as well as other community support. Again, if you've got an idea that Al Trent and I can help if we're, you know, there's a group out there, if there's a, a, a segment out there of the of the population, what can we do? What um, We're happy to give up our airtime free of charge to have somebody on and um to, to help spread their message. Ken Miller Show at gmail.com or Trent Condon on Facebook. Uh, restaurant Radio tomorrow. This time we'll be in the throes of Restaurant Radio. Miller and Condon till noon. Scott Dockerman, top of the hour. It's 1460. KXNO and Thank you for supporting Food Bank of Iowa. Condon, five minutes before the hour 11, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. You know what else dawned on me over the weekend watching TV is is how many commercials that are now taboo. And I'm not oh, meaning mm-hmm. that kind of taboo. Right. The uh, uh, beer commercials where there's a group of people having a good time and having a beer. Yes. There's no social distancing. That's a really good point. I mean, Trent, we're going to have to... <laughs> Cut all new spots yes, if you're on yeah. TV, right? It's reevaluate the way yeah. the things are done, the way things are put together. How and- do you date in these, this era? You're going on a blind oh. date, and you have to spend you have to six feet away from him or her, right? So you're across the table. Got to have a little bigger table, right? The guy at the next table who's six feet away, he's clearly listening because you have to talk louder, right? Or the couple that have been married for you, they're getting a big kick out of you because they can tell clearly that you guys are on your first date. How do you do these things? I have no idea. I think dating certainly has to be on hold at the very least, right? I mean, how do you walk into a bar from six feet and meet somebody? Not that that's how everybody meets, right? Right. It certainly used to be before you know apps. 
plenty of ways to do it that now and yeah i guess maybe you get to know the person a little bit better now because you're just you're talking on the phone you're talking on skype you're facetiming with the person oh that's a good idea and getting to know them that way but you're not seeing them in no. person. And, and again, I was watching, I don't know, what. who gets its lemon? No, it gets its lime. Corona, I think, right? No. <laughs> well, that's that's ironic. Um, but yeah, because they're all together having a, having a dinner party, 10 mm-hmm. of them around the table, close proximity to one another. No, no, no. My little sister, she's, she's been dating the same guy for about a year now, and he works part-time here and part-time where he's from. Part-time here, here? In Des Moines. Oh, I thought you meant in the building. No, and part-time in Cleveland. And so he's got two jobs. One of them one is, job, but he travels between oh, I the see. two part of the time. But uh, he's gotcha. obviously not traveling to Des Moines because of uh, what this is happening. Well. And she was going to go out there over spring break. She works in the school district. That didn't happen. And she's concerned because you're dating somebody and you're dating somebody long distance, but you're still able to see each other. Mm-hmm. That goes away. And there has to be so many of those stories out there and just how different the world is today. But there are good things about it. I, I've been, I go for a walk with Ella every day. We just go and we have a little creek by our house and we go down there and she throws rocks and sticks in the creek and we have fun and we're outside and just just enjoying each other's company. Does it get annoying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I just want some alone did you, time. And, did you get her a kite? No, I did not, though I saw because Chris Williams did and, that. And uh, Andrew Downs and his son Charlie were flying a kite. Nice. And Chris and his daughter yeah. Cammy were flying well, a kite. Well, if there was ever a day for it, it was yesterday. My neighbor's fence in our backyard leads right up to where we have a bunch of landscaping. Mm-hmm. Fell down yesterday. Mm. Big portion of it fell down. Now, luckily it fell, fell his way instead of into our landscaping. But uh, still nothing was done. All day yesterday, just sitting there. Woke up this morning, looked well, out the back window. today's the day to do it, Trent. I don't know. I This is a neighbor I've never met. <laughs> do do I help me out here? Do I go and knock on his? Will door you share the fence? It's his fence, but but you yes, benefit but it, from it. Yes. Yeah. Hey, the answer is yes. Fence is down. Yeah. Hey, neighbor. So you don't think he knows? He might not. So he has a pool house. Yeah, a pool house. You know where do you live? <laughs> he is the only person in our neighborhood that has a pool, and it's also a pool house. And with it, I don't know if he can see from his back. Kind of back area of his house. If you give can him see. a day or two, if you have this weekend, and then knock on the door. Hey, I've never met you. I live right behind you. You've lived here for years. Let's go fix your fence. We got a problem, and I'm here to help. Miller and Condon, Scott Darkman will be here to help us get through another segment. Paul Shirley, bottom of the hour. Piece that Trent did with him as we looked at the 96 97 Iowa State team earlier. We're with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM.